0: Uh, I want you to open your Bibles to Philippians. Philippians. The book of Philippians in the New Testament, chapter 1. Uh, I, I had gotten with Paul earlier in the week and had asked him to read that passage specifically out of First Peter that deals with or makes the statement that you and I, as God has saved us, the outcome of our salvation, Christians, we have been uh, called a royal priesthood. And so... Uh, I was going to connect that to Paul's statement in Philippians that he has been appointed for the preaching of the gospel. I'm going to shift that to next week. God really laid some out for me personally, uh, just some study that was a result of my walk with God this week. It is out of Philippians, but I'm going to back up. I'm going to revisit a passage. I want to be really, uh, really want to... Just elaborate on a statement that Paul makes and then the application for you and I I have preached out of this passage but not specifically in the message that you'll get this morning so in Philippians in chapter 1 I'm gonna begin reading in verse 1 Philippians chapter 1 verse 1 Paul and Timothy Paul and Timothy bond service now Paul is a prisoner at this time this is one of the three prison epistles Timothy is with him this young preacher that Paul is mentoring, Uh, but he is a prisoner and uh, He is awaiting trial before Caesar and so 2,000 years ago. He writes three letters Ephesians Philippians and Colossians uh, to New Testament churches and This is one of them and he makes this opening statement Paul and Timothy bond servants of Christ Jesus to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi including the overseers and deacons, the elders and deacons. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all in view of your participation in the gospel. So next week, the participation in the gospel, his statement in verse uh, 16 he says that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel next week. But in this see, uh, statement here, verse 5, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. Now, here's the verse. For I am confident this, of this very thing. I'm confident of this very thing. That he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. If you've lived for any measure of time, I would even say as a teenager, you start to figure this out pretty quick, um, this word confidence. I mean, if I were to ask you, okay, tell me, you define confidence. Tell me what confidence looks like. Um, You would all, I think we'd have some variables to that, but pretty much we'd all have a concise, pretty clear understanding of the word confident, what it looks like, how you would define it. Um, I want to talk to you what Paul wants to talk to you about. And that is biblical, spiritual confidence. Confidence. The world has a brand of confidence. Most of it is false confidence. It's confidence in the wrong thing. But that's not what Paul's talking about here. He's talking about the confidence that comes from God, spiritual confidence, biblical confidence, Christian confidence. And so, now even in the scripture, you could see, you, you could see some worldly examples of confidence. I always think of, of the great story of David and Goliath. And when you go back into that first Samuel passage, you got this great picture of this giant, Goliath. And he is mocking, the scripture says he's mocking the armies of the living God. I mean, he's standing there and he's mocking God, and God's army, who had won many victories, were certainly lacking confidence. They, they were very fearful of this giant of a man. They lacked confidence, and Goliath had confidence. But it was, it was earthly confidence. It was confidence in himself. It was confidence in his size, his strength, his many victories on the battlefield. It was a very arrogant, self-centered confidence based upon his size, his stature, his strength. And then you have David's confidence. The young shepherd boy who shows up, his brothers mock him, And his confidence came from the work of God in his life. When asked this puny young teenager boy, how could you stand up to this giant? He said, God, listen, when I was tending my father's sheep, listen, my confidence comes from what God accomplished in my life through me, a mere shepherd boy. He gave me victory over the bear, the lion, and the wolf. I know what my God can do. Biblical, scriptural confidence. Then you have Peter, the apostle Peter, you have, you know, when Jesus says, hey, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to die, I'm going to be killed, they didn't understand it at the time, and they would, he would be denied, and, and Peter said, everybody else is going to deny you, but in his confidence, in his ability, and his strength, what he thought emotionally, mentally, intellectually, and physically, he said, no, 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 everybody else will fall away, but I won't. There's that confidence. And Jesus says to him, he said, let me tell you how it's going to go, Peter. Before the rooster crows three times, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. I cannot imagine Peter, now I can imagine Aubrey. Pride is a killer. You say heart disease is a killer. I think Amy in heart disease is like one of the number one killers, stress, you know. But I have to tell you, I believe with all my heart that pride is a killer. Maybe more than heart disease. It kills relationships. It kills marriages. It kills friendships. It kills families. And it kills dreams. It divides churches. Pride. And that was Peter's confidence. He had this pride in his own ability. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Let me tell you how far your ability, Peter, your, your personal strength in the, who you think you are, the pride that you have in that. Oh, everybody else will deny you, but not old Peter, not me. When my brother came and told me I have found the one, I threw down the nets and I came, look at me. When everybody else was in, we were in that storm out there and and you were walking on that water and and you said, well, it's me and here I am. I got out of the boat and I walked on water for just a little bit. You took me up to the Mount of Transfiguration. Obviously, I hold the position in place. You even said just a moment ago that the keys of the kingdom were going to be given to me. No, no, everybody else will deny you. Not me. Yeah, you will. So the confidence that Paul is writing to Philippians is this confidence, he said, and the whole letter is based upon this understanding. If you want this statement, if you want to say, if Bobby Curtin says, I want to have confidence, I want to have biblical confidence, I want to have spiritual confidence, I want to have Christian confidence, I don't want the confidence of Goliath. I don't want Peter's false, this sense of pride in his confidence. I want biblical Christian confidence. Confidence, faith, and hope are all married. And you go through the Bible, the word faith and confidence and hope, they're all married. They all have something in common. And biblical confidence and hope and faith always are based upon the very root, the foundation, the person of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And so when Paul makes this statement as a prisoner to people that he loved, people that he was committed to, writing this word, he he makes this statement that the rest of the letter is the proof of. You can just start here and diagram the rest of the sermon, and you will know everything that you need to know about biblical, scriptural, Christian, spiritual confidence. And if you're a Christian in the world... There are probably many times when you're struggling with your life, your health, your relationships, your family, doesn't matter what it, financially, you're lacking confidence. Everything that you put confidence in begins to fail you. Your spouse, your mom, your dad, your your, your children, your, your career, your health, your finances. At some point, the confidence begins to wane. And it's because... It's an earthly confidence. But for Paul to say this and then prove it, you and I should just, we ought to have an insatiable desire living in this broken world to not just understand this statement, but understand it in such a way that it resonates in our life, no matter what's happening. No matter what's happening in your marriage. No matter what's happening in your family. No matter what's happening in your uh, finances, your health. No matter. This is it here. And so we're going to start because he proves it, and he gives you the absolute perfect, the absolute perfect truth and recipe And prescription so that you and I can know we can learn biblical spiritual Christian confidence for again I'm gonna read that again for I'm confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus the very first thing that you and I have to know and if you don't know this you'll never have biblical spiritual Christian confidence and that is the, 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 the thing that is happening in your life that will create that confidence in you is being done by the only one who can complete it, who can perfect it. You and I, and I don't care who you know, you name that person, you tie your ship or your anchor to that person, uh, you, whatever it is, that person is a success. I'm going to go to their school. I'm going to follow them. I'm going to be a disciple of them. I'm going to read their books. I'm going to just, listen, I want the kind of confidence that I see in the success of that person. If you're doing that, and I have to tell you, there are so many self-help books out today. And I really, really, there was a time when I was even somewhat fascinated with Christian authors. And there is a value in that. But the older I get and the more indebted, huh, I'm in debt to the Word of God. Did you ever think about that? I am indebted to the Word of God. I owe the Word of God. Do you feel that way about your Bible? Most of who we feel a debt to. It may be a credit card company. And it may be a finance company. And it may be the bank. Uh, we'll meet that obligation. Because uh, if we don't. Bad things happen. But this is a different indebtedness. This is. A loyalty. And a love that comes from it. That. That. Uh, it's the cure-all. It's the fix-all. It's the everything of everything. It's God's holy written word. Second Timothy 3.16. Hebrews in chapter 12. The word is, it's like a double-edged sword. It's inspired by God. And the more I read it, and the more time I spend in it, and the more time I pray over it, and the more time I pray with it, listen, I tell you, there's an indebtedness I owe the word of God. And, and when I look at that and I read this, it says, I am confident of this very thing that he began a good work, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. What does that mean? Listen, confidence, faith, and hope. I don't know how well you know or if you've read any of his stuff. Dwight L. Moody, he, he mentioned early on in his great old gospel preacher, he would say, he said, you know, I used to pray for faith. I'd pray. And I was praying, God, increase my faith, increase my faith, increase my faith. I see this all the time. When people come to the preacher's office and whatever's going on in their life is a wreck, really what, ultimately what they're looking, I need some confidence that comes from knowledge that's associated with God and his word to help me out of this mess. Ultimately, that's what's happening. And so, you know, you began to look at that and you're digesting all that. And then you look at this statement here and you begin to understand something, that every answer for every problem that every man will ever encounter is in God's Word. And because it's God's Word, I can be confident in it. But it's difficult, and so he makes this statement, but Dwight L. Moody said, he said, listen, I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed that God would increase my faith, and it wasn't happening. He said, then I opened his word and I began to study his word and faith appeared everywhere. Faith was everywhere. You can pray for faith all you want. If you're not in God's word, it'll be a word, it'll be a a word, but you won't see it. The The two are married. You want faith? You want your faith increasing? You want the confidence that comes from that faith? Get in this word. Because that's how God perfects it. Now, listen to this. Verse 7. This is what I want us to key on this morning. I'm only going to hit one point. And it's right here. And Mark, I don't believe in coincidence. What was the name of the hymn about the heart? The heart? Heart The heart of worship. I didn't meet with him this week. Listen to this. For it is only right for me to feel this way about you all, because I have put you in my heart since both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of grace with me. Read it again. For it is only right what? What what's only right? The confidence that he I'm confident that he who began a good work in me will perfect it until the day of Christ. And then the reason I'm confident, the first reason, the first step in this recipe is this, for it's only right for me. Now, just look at this real quick. What would you say if I said, you You fill in this statement. You make the statement, I don't care what you're doing in, right, in your life. I don't care if you're raising cows or, you know, I don't care. Whatever it is. If you... Continued the statement. For it's only right for me you feel it in. I don't care what it is. For it's only right for me to feel this way. Because somebody's betrayed me. It's only right for me to feel this way because this is what I was taught. It's only right for me to feel this way because, you know, you can't trust anybody. You just fill it in. And it could even be something positive, maybe. You know, it's only right for me to feel this way because, listen, man, this happened and that happened. You just fill that in. So biblical, spiritual, Christian confidence, if you want some, you may not want some. And, boy, I have found that true. I have certainly found that. That's another sermon for another day. But if you want some, here it is, step number one. It's only right for me to feel this way about you because I put you in my heart. Now, that almost sounds like he did something, but then he clarifies it. Now, you say, well, Arby, you, you have a choice of what you put in your heart. I would say you do. Jesus, you just go to Matthew 15. <laughs> just go to the 15th chapter of Matthew and Jesus talks about the heart. He'd been accused of, uh, you know, he had taught a parable and had been accused about the laws of what you eat and all this stuff in, out of Leviticus and Deuteronomy by the Pharisees. And <laughs> and he said, it's not really important what you put in your mouth and goes in your stomach. It's, what's really important is your heart. He said, because out of the heart, out of the heart come all kinds of terrible things, adultery, murders, fornications. And so here it sounds like he says, for it's only right for me to feel this way about you all because I have you in my heart. I, ha- I have you in my heart. Well, how did, how did that happen? Now you may have somebody in your heart and you may have somebody in your heart for various reasons. This would be, this would be a, a loving relationship. This is a kind statement. I have you in my heart since both in my imprisonment in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of grace with me. We have been appointed to preach the gospel. We have been made a royal priesthood, but... Before we get there, I'm going to ask you something. False confidence, earthly confidence, biblical, spiritual, Christian confidence, two different confidence. Goliath confidence, confidence, David confidence. In your heart, in your heart, How much and how many of your relationships are based upon individuals that are defending and confirming the gospel and are partakers of grace? Do an assessment. Everybody here has somebody in their life. Teenagers, I'm going to say to you, Grace, Zane, Paul would say bad company corrupts good morals. Uh, We all have uh, somebody. People. A community of people in our life. Family, friends, colleagues. And, And our heart I mean we tie our heart, we connect our heart to any group or community of people. Just this is the the starting point between the confidence, spiritual confidence or earthly confidence. I've mentioned to this congregation before. Uh, fortunately and unfortunately, I have watched at least a hundred people draw their final breath as a preacher. Don Kellenbrink, she's in the dying business. She's a hospice care nurse in. I imagine you are seeing your fair share of those final moments. As a preacher, I go in and and I'm just supposed to be there because God has directed me there and for the love of God. And I would say the same would be true for Dawn, but she's also there. She has a medical purpose. But it'll change your heart. It should. Because it's a very tragic thing to see as someone's dying and it could be a very blessing, but it could be very tragic because you'll see in those hospice care rooms, the people that an individual has that they have in their heart because they uh, have been defending and confirming something. The totality of your life is the defense and confirmation of something. I I could visit with you for 20 minutes and ask you five questions, literally. Not because I'm a smart guy. I was just trained to do an assessment, a spiritual assessment. Part of that spiritual assessment, five questions. And I can find who and what you defend and who and what you confirm. not just the who but the what five questions it's eye opening I can't help myself but doing it sometimes in casual conversation with people I mean here's here's the point of that many of us defend and we, we we have our heart is somewhere with someone defending and confirming something that is not the gospel. It's something earthly. It's something temporary. So the confidence is earthly and temporary. And they meet that final chapter, that final moment, that final with no confidence. And I have seen others. I have seen others who have Christian friends and family gather around their bed singing those old wonderful hymns. Joy in their hearts and minds and spirit as a loved one goes to meet their maker. I've seen tears of joy. I have seen a love that man cannot really define. It's not not a Hallmark movie love. It's not a Hollywood story of love. It's not a songwriter's story. It's biblical love. I've seen it. I want to challenge you as Paul challenges us and he proves this deal about confidence. I want you to look at yourself and say, where's my confidence coming from? Where is it? Well, the first step to answer that question is, where have you put, who do you have in your heart? What do you have in your heart? Solomon would write to the, probably in the Proverbs, he said, above all else, above all else, guard your heart. Jesus had already determined why. Your heart is this place where evil things can come from. It's a place that you need to above all else guard your heart because from it the wellsprings of life come forward if you believe in spiritual warfare, if you believe that uh, Satan prowls around looking for someone to devour, if you believe that, if you believe that your struggle is not with flesh and blood that Paul would write about in Ephesians, if you believe that, that there's a spiritual battle going on for you, you need to start with your heart. If you said to me, Aubrey, if you could have one study with the Apostle Paul, what would it be? One study. You say, okay, I I get a month with the Apostle Paul. What would you study? It'd be the heart. It'd be the heart. It'd only be the heart. Now, I'm serious. I've read all his works. He would never talk to you about your heart without talking to you about Christ and the gospel. He would say in Romans chapter 10, he would say, with the heart you believe. He had a background for that. He knew the 51st Psalm that David wrote when he was caught in his terrible sin with Bathsheba. And if that wasn't bad enough, he conspired to have her husband, a nobleman, man, murdered Uriah the Hittite to cover up his wicked and evil sin. And he writes the 51st Psalm. And he said, Lord, created me a clean heart. He said, the Lord desires a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Oh. The heart. Who do you have in your heart? What do you have in your heart? And if you know the answer to that question, what does the who and the what have to do with the defense and confirmation of the gospel? Go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. We're going to tie all this together. I got many more things to say, but I'm not going to say them. I am going to say this. Romans chapter 5. This is the gospel. This is the heart. Paul says, with the heart we believe. He wrote the Ephesians in chapter 1, and he wrote in I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. It, what we, listen, as we go into this Romans 5 verse, you have eyes in your heart. Go back to the garden. The Scripture says the desires of the heart could not be fulfilled. It's in the problem. The desires of the heart cannot be, he can't. My heart desires a new pair of boots. My heart desires a new car. My heart denies, I can't, it's unending. And everything that's temporary wears out and it's not enough. It's just not enough. The desires of the heart, you cannot fulfill them. And and so uh, we're supposed to above all else guard our heart, but our heart is seeing stuff. And Eve's in the garden and Satan shows up and, and, and he says to her, did God really say you shouldn't eat of this fruit? And she says, oh yeah, he said it. But you know what the eyes of her heart were seeing? The eyes of her heart, Paul, again, Ephesians, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened so you would know something. You would know the breadth, the height, the width, the depth of the love of God. So you should do an eye examination of your heart. Eve needed an eye examination of her heart. She knew the truth of God's word and command. But when Satan tempted her and said, did God really say? She said, yeah, he said, I should not. He said, well, God, God knows something. God knows that you'll want to be just like him. He doesn't want you to be just like him. So go ahead and do it. And said, she saw that it was good. She desired it. She took and she ate it. And then here you and I are today. Born in our iniquity, Psalm 51. I want to talk to Paul about the heart. Do an eye examination of your heart. What is your heart seeing? What is your heart seeing? Here's the biggest problem with what our heart sees. It's not pornography. The single biggest problem with our heart vision. is my way. My way. What I want. What I need. What I expect. Not, what does God need? What does God expect? What does God want? Have that kind of heart. In order for you to do that, you have to, above all else, guard your heart. Because the wellsprings of life come from it. These are challenging. You want that biblical confidence? Spiritual Christian confidence? You begin by looking who and what is in your heart and what you're defending and confirming. And then we'll finish here, Romans 5. Heart, hope, faith, confidence. The first four chapters of Romans basically set one premise: Everybody's a sinner. All men have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and you can only be justified by faith, confident hope in God." And so he begins, chapter five, "Therefore, therefore, I can only be justified by faith in Christ, because I'm a sinner all the Jews were sinners and all the Gentiles are sinners. And then he says this, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How much peace do you have in your life? Real peace, not temporary peace. Through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace. There's that word grace again, in which we stand and we exalt in the hope of the glory of God. My hope, my faith, grace, grace, I exult in the hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance, proven character, and proven character hope. And hope, hope, confidence, faith, and hope does not disappoint. Stop right there. Here's here we go, real quick. So listen to this. So again, measure yourself, look at this: biblical confidence, spiritual confidence, Christian confidence, confidence in yourself. Someone else or the things of the earth, whatever that is, contrast the two. And then look at what he's saying here. Peace with God. Peace with God. An introduction to faith. The things we exalt in hope for. But how about this one? You want to know if you've got biblical confidence, spiritual confidence, Christian confidence, If you know who Mike Tyson is, he's a, he's a boxer, world champion, tough guy. And I love his quote. He said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Everybody got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Jesus said that in the 13th chapter of Matthew. He told a story about seeds and a farmer and a guy walking down the road. And he said, some seed falls beside the road and then he tells the rest of the story, some in the thorns, the rocks, thorns, and good soil. But then he explains, he said, the seed is the word of God. And that that falls beside the road are people that they receive that word of God with joy, but a little, It just said little, little, just a little, just a little trouble. BJ, just a little trouble. Little trouble comes along in the church. Little trouble comes along in your marriage. Little trouble comes along at work. Little trouble comes along with your family. Just a little. And Satan takes it away. But biblical, spiritual, Christian confidence will always do this. Verse 3, and not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. Now listen, if you have biblical, spiritual, Christian confidence, I'm going to tell you what. The world is your footstool. It's God's footstool that he now gives you to sit on, walk on, and stand on. It is. But if you don't got that, you ain't got nothing. You got momentary pleasures, momentary passions, momentary pursuits, and they'll all turn up, and it's like Solomon said, it'll all be vain. Your little empire is going to fall. Your health is going to deteriorate. People are going to betray you. You know, things are not going to go your way. The government is going to let you down. You're going to have the wrong president, the wrong senator, the wrong whatever, the wrong, the wrong, the wrong. And they're never going to be fulfilled. But when you, well, listen, when you have that confidence that he who began a good work in me will finish it, complete it, and perfect it to the day of Christ. Listen, let me tell you something. And now I'm going to measure it. I'm going to put the measuring rod out there. Who's in my heart? What's in my heart? Who am I defending? Who am I confirming? Oh, I got that right. I've got that right. Oh, man. Christians, iron sharpened iron. Word of God, devour it. I'm indebted to it. But then you go, here's another one. Really? That's all you got? That's all you got, Satan? Not proudly, not arrogantly. Not in my false arrogance. But it's like, that's all you got? Now, i tell you about a Christian. Christians can get down. They really can The world comes at us. It beats us up. Look at John the Baptist. He knew who Jesus was. He was his cousin. Just read the story. But he's in jail. He's about to get his head cut off. Are you really the one? Hey, you know what Jesus told him? You just go tell him the, lion, the, the, the blind are seeing, the lame are leaping, and the gospel is being confirmed. Paul would say later on this letter, to live is Christ and to die is gain. To live is Christ and to, Can you say that? If you have earthly confidence, you can't say that. If you have biblical Christian spiritual confidence, you can say to live is Christ and to die is gain. You can say, Philippians 4.13, I see this all the time. Sports, you know, guys, is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Really? Do you believe that? You'll know when it gets like this. Tribulation. Tribulation. Wow. I was at a 4-H shoot yesterday, Brazos County. We had... The Stasdy boys were there when there was, I don't know, 150 kids and they're all shooting, skeeting, trapping, and everything. And you could tell when a kid got down. I see Christ everywhere. Praise God I do. I don't take credit for that. I give God the glory for that. But you see a kid, you know, you see, you know, boom, boom. Then he misses. Boom. And you could watch the way they eject their shells. You know. You know, I saw all the behaviors yesterday. Their shoulders slump. And the kids that were up here like this, ready, you know, because I don't know how to do it, but I could see. All of a sudden, kids like this. You know, he's dejected. Things ain't working out the way he thought they would. That's just a silly little thing. But, but it just reminds me of this. That's a little tribulation. How much more worse can it get? You ever had terrible, ugly, vile words with your spouse? You ever get to a place when your spouse, where you said in those vows, it said to having a hold till death do us part to a point that I cannot stand this person? You ever been there? Why in the world did I ever marry this person? You ever been there? Now, that's a pretty big contrast. My biggest disappointment in myself and my biggest single disappointment in Christians is how selfish we can be. We don't get our way, and we, you know, we do whatever. And it's because a little bit of disappointment comes along. My way is not being followed. And now I have an instant right to divide myself, to leave, to divorce, to justify my bad behavior. But let me tell you something, brother. If you're walking with God in spiritual, biblical, Christian confidence, here's what happens. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is giving to us. Final question this morning. As you look at yourself, is your confidence in you? The worst thing, and I'm going to tell you the worst thing, it's not your sin. It's the greatest weapon that Satan uses against you and it's the worst thing that you and I have is self-confidence. Self-confidence excuses our sins, not the way God's grace does. Self-confidence puts me in a place I should never be. Self-confidence justifies every wrong that's ever been done to me. And Satan's greatest avenue into the heart that can commit all those things is our own self-confidence. But if your hope is in the God, who by the power of his Holy Spirit poured into your heart his love, you can't be disappointed. Maybe temporarily, but you cannot be disappointed. You cannot. So we're going to move forward in this series over the next few weeks. And by the way, if you don't know who the love of God is, there he is. Now, that's not him. But that's a picture of the love of God in a garden the night he was betrayed. You want to know what love is? His sweat became like blood. And his confidence wasn't in Pontius Pilate. His confidence wasn't in God's people. His confidence wasn't in the Roman government or Caesar. His confidence was in his Father. Father, take this cup from me. However, not my will, but your will be done. That's the love of God that's been poured into your heart if you have it by the Holy Spirit. Measure yourself. Take the words. Look at them. Chew on them. You and I are indebted to this word. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us. Just thank you for loving us. Thank you for pouring your love into our hearts through the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that you put a yearning desire in each and every one of us to have the confidence that comes from knowing the accomplishment of your will in our lives. And you have accomplished your will in our lives through your son Jesus Christ, And it is in the pure and holy name of Jesus we pray. Amen.